0: KRCL Salt Lake City support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru
1: welcome to Radioactive a show for grassroots activists and community builders I'm also punk rock farmers and DIY creatives and we're gonna to get to skate babes tonight as well I'm Laura Jones and in the zoom room we got Rashawn Leak hey Rashan, are we are we connected
0: I think we're I think we're connected. I hope I'm coming in loud and clear.
1: I can hear you. And I see in my little view screen here that it's going out over the airwaves. So I was I kind of I kind of broke the news that uh, you got a little bit more of the COVID going through your house. I apologize for letting that news out in the wild. But uh,
0: oh, it's all gravy. And I, I swear, I swear, Laura, it's got like the anti effect. It's supposed to slow him down. But uh, <laughs> your kids Canyon, Canyon is uh he's stronger than ever. He's, you know, he can make it better. He can make it stronger. It can make him faster. Is he breaking you? <laughs> oh, it's so. You know, I was I was joking um, with Thomas, and listeners might remember we had Thomas on the show a little bit ago with the movie *Scrum*. And I was telling him like, Thomas, we might need to do an in, uh, do an infomercial for COVID, and show these new uh, miracle benefits that weren't uh, to be expected. Because it's, it's crazy. might have to bottle it, Laura.
1: There you go. I've, uh, the rates are up again, folks. So oh. you got to mind your your protocols and uh, take care of each other. Take care of your family, your loved ones, your co-workers, a stranger on the street. Right, Rashawn?
0: That's right. That's right. That's why I'm in the Zoom room.
1: Okay. So uh, rallies and resources. Anything on your mind you want to hit?
0: Rashawn? Uh, well, we got, uh, you know, there's a big thing coming up Friday. I don't know if anybody heard, but there's some roller skating going on around Liberty Park. That's pretty huge.
1: (laughs) We'll get to that as well. I just uh, thought maybe there's some headlines or some other events. And in fact, you know, one of the things we talked about on the show last week when you were in the studio is happening tomorrow at Liberty Park as well. 6 p.m. It's the Crossroads Urban Center. Meet the Candidates Barbecue so you can head on down there there'll be a meal a chance to connect with fellow community members and the opportunity to meet candidates running to represent you and me folks in the upcoming midterm elections and of course crossroads urban center they invite their clients and folks that work with them to help folks who are struggling in poverty struggling with housing struggling with food rishon
0: that's right and and i mean speaking of food we can't forget about the the food truck face off this Saturday, also at Liberty Park. Liberty Park's uh it's, it's gonna be it. the place to be. It's gonna be popping down there, Laura.
1: <laughs> exactly. So the food truck face off. We gotta remind folks about that one too, Rashawn.
0: Yeah, so the food truck face off is four PM to ten PM at Liberty Park and it's hosted by the Food Truck League, Fourth Street Clinic, Utah Community Action, and the Children's Center of Utah.
1: Yeah, so it's all for charity. These are three nonprofits in the Food Truck League, in league with them, to help the most vulnerable among us. And then there's something new that uh I have got I've got folks helping me to curate this list and I just noticed this one the PBG, PBJ PBJ project. Just,
0: I was That's just not your new show, that. right?
1: That's not the no, show no, where you play not long jam. jams.
0: That's that's jam. <laughs> that's. I mean it's you know it's close to my heart as a as a lover of PB and J, I like to call myself an aficionado, but I, I don't know if I'm a <laughs> That's what allowed. What I had for dinner last night—it's <laughs> so good. That's such a late night. So did you go? Did you go PB and J, or did you toast the bread and go PB and B and throw some peanut butter and some bananas on that sandwich? I Laura? didn't get the
1: bananas in, but I did get the honey. So look, folks, you can help the the shops. On Sunday, uh, excuse me, Sunday the 17th and Thursday, July 21st, they're getting together and they're making PB&J and they're walking around town and handing out the sandwiches and cold water to folks in need on the street. So it's a great way to help out in the city center and around the Salt Lake Library and the old courthouse areas. And we've got all that info for you on our website, krcl.org, under the Community Affairs tab is where you'll find items like this. And oh! One more Liberty Park before we get to yours, Rashawn, and that is Saturday, July twenty third, laser light nights. Instead of fireworks, it's I, I an think alternative. It's
0: a smart idea. <laughs> I, I don't, think know. It's a smart I don't idea. know. I don't know. If... I don't yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm with I'm interested to see how, yeah. how they pull it off, mm-hmm. especially in a state like ours that is in love with their fireworks.
1: Well, and the governor just held another press conference to shine a light on it. Come on folks, most of these fires are human cause, whether it's fireworks right. or you, you didn't uh, get the chain kind of off the ground as you were pulling your boat or something and I, <laughs> whatever it is, throwing uh, a, a cigarette out the, wa- the window as you drive down the freeway It is too dry out here. Sure so you guys, come on, Let's uh, let's be mindful, give a hoot. And all of that jazz. So, all those items, rallies, and resources online at krcl.org. And we have special guests to talk about uh, this final one here, and that is United Skates screening this Friday at Liberty Park at dusk with Utah Film Center and Black, Bold, and Brilliant. Russell Roots here from from uh, Utah Film Center. And of course, Rashawn, you're part of the Black, Bold, and Brilliant team.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just, you know, one third, one third of that, uh, that awesome team. We're out there trying to make a difference through conversation and film. What's going on, Ross? How you doing, brother?
2: Doing good, Rashawn. How are you? Doing
0: well, man. Doing well. I've got the
1: trailer. Let's play that, then we can talk about the film and also roller skating and what it means in terms of African-American culture. And I got got stories, too. So I'm excited for this film (laughs) and how you can just pull up a chair and then you can also skate. Here's the trailer.
2: Once you go into the skate world, it's a world in its own. You don't know what to expect. You hear the bass, you step out on the floor and just let it go. As you go across the country, you'll find it's a really thriving rink. It's because they have a really strong African-American skate community.
3: It was a place where the streets, everybody met up.
0: Everything was underground at some point in time. When Jazz first came out, everybody was like, okay, wait a minute, I don't know what's going on you don't understand the culture, you push it away.
2: The owner told us that they're not going to renew our lease.
4: This is the pattern our skate community is suffering.
2: What are we going to do now? Where are we going to go? Black folks, they think you get a lot of them together, it's going to be trouble.
4: Sheriff's already out here. And they harassed us the whole time we were there.
0: We got to keep fighting. This is my history. This is my
2: culture whatever the situation, we're gonna roll.
1: United Skates screening, no ticket necessary at uh, Liberty Park on Friday at dusk with the Utah Film Center and the Black Bold and Brilliant series. So Rashawn and Russell, uh, this movie, I know you said you Mm -hmm. were gonna watch it again before you, you came on. I did. So what are we gonna see in this? What are we treated to?
2: So I mean it's a it's a really great documentary that features people from all over the country talking about their different styles of skating, and the history that roller skating has had in the black community, where it's taken them from you know the the '30s and Jim Crow and all of this stuff up to modern day, which has also been the uh, the platform where they've been able to launch many a uh, hip hop artist, Queen Latifah, uh, Naughty mm-hmm. by Nature, uh, world-class, uh, world class world. Ugh. You know the one. Take a beat. <laughs> World class <laughs> R- wrecking R- Russ, crew. I, I, there we go. I,
0: I can't help but notice uh, those two artists. You know where they're from, right? Hit me. Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> oh. All right, bricks. You know. <laughs> but yeah, no. I I think it, what I what I love, you know, all joking aside, is it, you know roller skating has been a part of, you know, not just the black culture, but it's been a part of my, like my life as long as I can remember. Growing up in the church, that was always one of our, you know, our youth activities. So we've been on, you know, as as a Leek family, we've been on roller skates for as long as I can remember. I'm sure just pictures me out there, you know, <laughs> falling all over the place when I'm, you know, younger than Canyon.
2: <laughs> it's been the thing that's been the probably the most constant roller skating and bicycles. I mean, I did it since Agreed. I was in grade school, <laughs> back in Texas, and they take us out. And I mean, it's Texas, so uh, suburban Texas. So you know, getting a lot of journey. A lot of um, foreigners. That's right. That's <laughs> I was right. hoping that, that's was, what you that
1: meant. was my era. Are we going to
0: sprinkle of sticks in there too? <laughs> <I remember>.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of that.
1: It also sounds like, um, and as I recall from going to the roller rink, it felt really safe. Like you mm. could, you you knew you were going to be okay when you went to the mm-hmm. roller skating rink, and then you it was also a bit of free range as well mm-hmm. from the parents. Is yep. yep. that the case with you, Rashawn?
0: Oh yeah, we got. That was that was one of those uh, drop you at the door and and pick you up. And it was it was before the time of cell phone. So I don't know if anybody all any listeners out there used to do the old trick. You know, you you make the you make the phone call, call, collect and then say, Mom, come and pick us up at the skating rink. And you had like a couple of seconds before the message cut off.
1: <laughs> That's how you played it. <laughs>
0: loop loop, fast and loose laura fast and loose (laughs) sounds like
2: jersey oh
1: my gosh
2: (laughs) i appreciate that so there's also gonna be a
1: a skate in a skate teach Mm -hmm. or something tell us what's going on russell
2: so we've got slc skate babes just taking people for loops around the park i mean because it's super hot these days probably one loop around the park (laughs) but uh just to kind of have a a little real world component with the film itself so something to really kind of link to the work they're doing so they're out there kind of putting people of color and LGBTQ people and just like some really great vibes out into Salt Lake with roller skates.
1: You need to come with your own skates and will you, you gotta bring the quads or can you bring the blades?
2: You can bring whatever you have. I mean, I personally prefer quads. That's what I grew oh, up on. That's, that's what I still roll on. That's but you know, about. whatever it So you're gonna be giving
1: takes. lessons on Friday is what you're saying, Russell.
2: And he did. He did. It did come across
0: like that, that, Laura. I just wanted to make sure I, I heard it correctly as well. So I appreciate that question.
2: For you, Laura, anything?
1: I don't have quads, so are they going to have some skates there for people to try, or no. we got
2: to find our own? But
1: between now and Friday,
2: it's, it's going to be BYOS.
1: Okay. All right, BYOS. So. Um, t- t- I remember the roller skating rink in the Villa Theater on Highland Drive. And I'm sure a lot of folks out here that uh, were here way back then dating myself will remember that going to the double feature and then going roller skating. Mm. And it was also, Rashawn, my first glimmer of puberty, I feel like, the snowball dance, (laughs) girl's (laughs) choice. And you got to go meet some people in the safe environment. But... um, This film, this documentary, takes it uh, a lot deeper and a lot farther in communities. Like you are saying, you're connecting it to Jim Crow.
2: Yeah, because it's, uh, I mean, again, this is a film about safe spaces and roller skating rinks, like you said, have always been about safe spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's this place for black people to go in the south and in the north to escape from the Jim Crow oppression, to come together, find the music they're looking for, and build a community that happens to roll around the rink.
1: Roller skating rinks, bowling alleys, they're kind of, they go in cycles and waves and then they Mm -hmm. disappear. And what does that do to a community? I guess we find out about that in the movie, too.
2: I mean, you lose these sort of spaces with gentrification. So, I mean, the story of gentrification continues to happen over and over again. You lose these community spaces where you don't have people, uh, they can't come together, so they become Mm -hmm. dispersed and those neighborhoods fall apart.
1: But then, Rashawn, what do they put in Mill Creek? They put in a skate loop.
2: Yeah, they did. They put it. You know, it, it's
0: it's really nice to to try and give back. I'm I'm really impressed, and not to give a free shout out, but I'm really impressed with like the classic skates. You know, the the some of these rinks that have been around for so long, because like Russell's talking about, you you lose that community aspect, and it's, and it's a place for so many people to congregate and come together. So it's nice to see you know Salt Lake recognizing that and trying to trying to give back to the community as you know as groups like the SLC Skate Babes are becoming a little more popular around the city.
1: I've been seeing some flyers as well, at Liberty Park I think, but definitely around the city, saying, want to learn to skate? Well, here's a meetup, come mm-hmm. meet up. Yeah, And it's a great way to, to build community once again. So, details again, Friday night, um, no ticket necessary, you can bring your chairs, your blankets, your picnics, it is a city park, no adult beverages. What time does the screening start?
2: Screening starts at 9, Skate Around starts at 7, uh, and then we kind of general start general seating right around 8 o'clock.
1: All right. Liberty Park, 9th South, between 9th uh, between and 13th South, and between 5th and 7th East. And you just got to add those double zeros to those numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not familiar with how Utah streets go. Right, Rashawn?
0: That's right. That's right. Hope to see you all there.
1: All right. And you're gonna be out of out of quarantine, so to speak, yeah, by then.
0: My, yeah, my quarantine <laughs> ends on Thursday, so I get I get out of uh, COVID, COVID. Bring the lockdown. quads. Bring the quads on oh, down. Oh, you know they're coming, Laura. You All know right. they're coming.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us by Zoom, Rashawn. We're gonna let you go.
0: All right. I Have a great that. night. Take care,
1: everybody. See ya. And Russell Roots Utah Film Center. What other films you got coming up? Give us the schedule so we can look ahead.
2: So we have Wolf Walkers, which is a really great film from the Irish production company that gave you a Song of the Sea and Secret of the Kells. Okay. Really wonderful film. And then we have this really kooky film called Dear Mr. Brody about this guy back in the 70s who was just giving away all this money.
1: Ah, I and, saw you post about yeah, that.
2: And people, people just send him letters and telegrams and stuff. And they're just like, help me achieve my dreams. And he's out there doing all kinds of stuff. But the story also has this other darker side to it that really kind of shows the common humanity despite this guy not necessarily being who he claimed to be.
1: Ah, So there's a couple films coming up in the park and Mm -hmm. lots of other stuff on the way. Where can people learn about it?
2: Uh, They can learn about it at utahfilmcenter.org. But I also want to give a special shout out to uh, the collaboration we're doing with Summer of Soul.
1: Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. We're about to start our summer drive tomorrow. That's uh, occupying a lot of my mind. But Music Meets Movies with the Utah Film Center is Mm -hmm. coming up and with Black Bold and Brilliant, I would assume. We can throw that all in there. Sure.
2: Give July, on July 29th, we'll be doing Summer of Soul, the award winning film uh, from Questlove. And um, if you haven't heard of it, now's your chance to come check it out in the park. And it's going to be a really great opportunity.
1: That's going to be so cool. I mean, it's just in the park, the sun's going down, it's starting to cool off, all Mm -hmm. the trees and the grass making it a little cooler, so everybody Mm -hmm. plan now, more details at krcl.org, but also on your website,
2: utahfilmcenter.org.
1: Thank you so much. We're going to let you check on out, and we're going to talk to the folks from Community to Izanitas. Sounds good. good? All right, Russell, thank you so much. I always appreciate when you come down. Anytime. I think you should host the show every now and then. What do you think?
2: Uh, If I can get one monthly, I'm in.
1: All right, we'll do it. We're gonna pass this microphone over to our next guests in the studio from Comunidades Unidas who are here to talk about Senator Mitt Romney and his Family Security Act 2.0. And in fact, a working Families against Romney's Family Security Act 2.0. Fanny De Lucas and Brianna Puga are here in the studio. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having us. Uh, and Brianna, did I say your last name right? You did, All right. spot on. I was reading your editorial uh, or commentary that the Salt Lake Tribune ran. Why don't you two of us kind of, why don't you two of you kind of dive into this for us. You saw Senator Mitt Romney's um, Family Security Act 2.0, and I noticed this little bit too, that it's excluding very specifically folks who aren't citizens but then it goes a step farther and would exclude mixed status families i don't even know how that passes constitutional muster to deny a citizen a a
4: benefit of some sort so i'm gonna stop talking now brianna tell us what you were writing about Yeah, so on June 15th, Mitt Romney released his proposal of the Family Security Act 2.0, which would potentially provide, you know, cash assistance to families and their children. And spot on with with what you just said, um, Romney's proposal does not include or it does not include undocumented mixed status families. The requirements are only available to a parent with legal and physical custody of a dependent, but parent and child must have a Social Security card, not either or but they both have to
1: so a child may have a social security card but would be eliminated if the parent did not have status
4: exactly how many kids are we talking about we're talking about from reports from 2019 from studies of 2019 that would be 48,000 mm-hmm. children is that in utah across the country utah utah alone. alone across the country i'm guessing exponentially Psh, more yeah it would be wild so kids that should be entitled to those benefits exactly so excluding u.s citizen children yeah even that so like you just said mm-hmm. those kind those types of children should have the should have that right, but it's being stripped from them because their yeah. parents don't have the SSN. And uh, Fanny, did that ring some alarm bells over at Comunidades
1: Unidas?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I think. Um We've been used to, you know, our communities being targeted and just not being acknowledged. So um, that was kind of common. Right. But the fact that they went after children and I mean, made it very clear that even children who are U.S. citizens, but just because their parents weren't, they would be affected. Taking away that. Right. I think that's what blew our minds like. When did this become a children's issue?
1: And this is in order to put money into the hands of families during hard times to feed their kids, to get perhaps even formula that's in short
4: supply, right? Quote unquote, yeah, supposed to, yeah. Definitely,
3: I think it was, and it was even more of a trigger because during COVID-19, we saw the chaos and how families were suffering. And we've talked about how undocumented families suffered and were not acknowledged, worked and were not acknowledged. So now taking it back to future now, 2022, we're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was ridiculous well
1: and it doesn't seem when we talk about the amount and the children that Mm -hmm. would be impacted doesn't seem as much as was wasted and and defrauded from the government in PPP money and reports that are Mm -hmm. just now trickling out and it wasn't um, illegal immigrants doing that by and large it was corporations now I'm editorializing so I'm going to move back on to another conversation about what to do about this Brianna funny what do we do
4: um, what to do? Well, first, I wanted to give a, ba- a little bit of a backstory, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, back in 2017, Orrin Hatch and and who was it? Mike Lee mm-hmm. um, created the CTC without any any requirements of a nest. CTC CTC. I apologize. Of so a child tax credit, there I apologize. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so they introduced the child tax credit, and it did not require a social security number. And like Fanny was going off right now, you know, COVID showed us, you know going through a global pandemic that, you know, undocu-folks and mixed-status families did not get that assistance, did not get that help. But now that Mitt Romney is coming up with this new proposal and excluding those families, you know, after their, after it was set and delivered already, this you know, the child ca- tax credit was fine. Like, we, there was no requirement. And then once, you know, we're at a state where we need support from the elected officials the most, where we need them to support us and to get – lend a helping hand mm-hmm. Mitt Romney wants to come come along and just disrupt the whole process so I mean another thing that brings us to like psh, our minds blown of yeah. why but uh what we can do we'll create political you know create people power create yeah. political power and in, in, encourage our community members to take action to call our elected officials create posts create letters create emails bombard them with all all of the injustice that they're inputting into this proposal and how, how this would affect, negatively affect families. And not even just undocumented, this is not even an undocumented mixed status families. This is a, an attack on working families, working yeah. fa- families in general. And so I, I encourage, you know, our community members to step up and to do their part and mm. to please, please.
1: Well, community this you work with, Everyone who reaches out to you yeah. for help and you reach out as well, mm-hmm. you're not asking about status. And whether or not someone has status, their need remains. Mm. And, uh, you know, I look at this and it feels like taking money out of the mouths of babies when I look at it. And yeah. it's extreme. Um, so, Community Eyes and Needs has been around for a minute. Are you guys reaching out to Senator Mitt Romney's office? Oh, yeah. or you just like, hey, why this exclusion when the child's yep. tax credit was not doing it? Exactly. This program is already up and running. What what kind of response are you getting? Are you getting an audience? Are
3: you having to work with some
1: partners to knock on that door? Knock so it down.
3: So we're definitely having to work with partners. Um, responses aren't as easily as we thought they would be. So we're just, like uh, Brianna was saying, we're just bombarding, trying to get answers as much as we can. Um, we know it's not easy to get through, right? And we know it's not easy to be heard. But I think this is an issue that needs to be heard. So we've been trying to do it through all the platforms we can. You know, my colleague was able to do an OPIT that was unsolved like Tribune. And then obviously that probably grabbed people's attention from radio stations to maybe KSL was able to feature us, which is really great. Univision was able to do that as well. So um just trying to spread the word and just trying to bring up to attention that this is an attack on families, right? It's funny how in the outline it says working families, yet we're excluding really hardworking families, yeah. which is very unfair. And um, another thing that we can do as well as everything that my colleague was mentioning is also we made a petition Right so they can go to um, comunidades unidas they can go to our facebook or our instagram and just sign the petition right that that's another way of actually acting share forward share the petition share the petition get people to sign the petition and get our voices to be heard because this is just not right this is just not fair in fact i mean going after children i think was the hardest pill to swallow in this whole
4: situation yeah uh, yeah, and backpacking of what um, Fanny just said. Yeah, we've been collaborating with our other partner, with mm-hmm. other community partners. So we do have a few meetings lined up with Mitt Romney's fam- um, family, Mitt Romney's staff. <laughs> so. um, tomorrow, Thursday, and Monday, we've been collaborating with Voices for Utah Children, Unidos.us, even the governor's office. Like we've been trying to get from any 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 you know outlet that we can what is get. the
1: governor's office saying i mean because this would deny money to children that the governor you know hmm. represents whether their status is what he would like it to be is irrelevant they are folks living in utah
4: they've been actually very helpful we have comunidades unidas has um you know has had um, good relationships with some folks from the governor's office. So we've been able to get a helping hand from them. So they've been very helpful. Shout out to Natalie.
3: And I think it's, um, (laughs) that's what she's also saying, uh, Brianna mentioned they've been very helpful because I think it doesn't even become a status issue it becomes a people's issue right and it's like you know that there's a really hard hard time you know that children should not be affected by this children should be able to go home and just have a meal with their parents instead of having their parents run out and in from the house sometimes Mm -hmm. not even having a meal with them so i think it's it's just anybody who has a heart that can see the sympathy behind this
1: well it takes a tool out of the community to help (laughs) people because again the need remains yep this you're withdrawing some assistance and it would amount to uh, as you wrote Brianna 350 a month for each young child 250 a month for each school age child we know how large families can be in Utah we're talking a significant amount of support for working families, families. Yes, all right
4: quote-unquote that open too. that open
1: Your your op-ed.
4: Oh, op-ed. I'm very sorry. That's (laughs) op-ed. I don't even know how to say it. But yeah, my op-ed. But you wrote
1: it. It was very very good. We'll put a link in the show notes tonight to that, as well as the text of the Family Security Act 2.0, which Senator Romney calls a new national commitment to working American families, except Mm -hmm. undocumented and mixed status families. Definitely. I don't know. Maybe it's. Do you think it's a negotiating
3: tactic? on the part of Senator Romney? We hope not. Um, No, I wouldn't see how. I personally wouldn't see how, because as you mentioned too, right? um, 350 and 250 isn't a lot. It's not like a huge amount. I mean, the COVID stimulus check was higher than that. So Mm -hmm. I don't even see it more as a negotiation. I see it just as a, maybe a generosity, but I feel Mm -hmm. like it's very injustice, right? Why exclude exclude a cruelty? A cruelty, why exclude certain families that as we know, are the ones that are most in need right now, the ones that are low-income families, the ones that their parents have to work more than three jobs at a time, right? And we're not just talking about a certain demographic, like we're talking about a bunch of different demographics that are considered undocu or mixed status. So I don't see it like a negotiation. I see it more as just an attack yeah. and just as a I can do it and I'm gonna do it.
1: Well, Fani and Brianna, you are immigrant, immigrants, rights, community organizers, and mobilizers. Mm-hmm. What have you heard as you started talking to the people this would affect?
3: not good things <laughs>
4: yeah. no go ahead ben. um
3: yeah so we've just heard obviously the obsession like you can hear how their voices are very upset you can hear how in their voice they're not too thrilled about these news mostly at now it's the stake of i'm a citizen and now i'm getting this removed for myself and i think it's just another slap in the face of why is this happening once again and having to prove the documented status of everyone in your
1: household when there was a whole fight over that on the census, right?
3: Exactly. And I mean, again, some of these families and it's heartbreaking to say some of these families are still trying to get lifted up from the issues that happened in COVID 19 because they did not have that resource they did not have that help so now it's we're in a season where everybody's feeling it once again right everybody felt COVID, but right now we're in a season where gas prices are not cheap right groceries are going higher rent is getting higher everything is increasing so it's like we're still in a very iffy situation so the fact that this is happening once again but now it's very Obvious to the eye, if you're undocumented or if you're a mixed status family, you do not get this. I think that was just a huge slap in the face. Mm.
1: Well, and the pressure that puts on the community to fill that gap mm-hmm. when we've seen, in fact, we just had Crossroads Urban Center on the last week or so talking about the the demand at food pantries is up over last year significantly. It yep. has not started to abate as we think COVID is receding and it's COVID isn't receding. You all work on that too, reaching out to different pockets of the community to make sure they're connected to resources. You have resources available. Yeah. You do it in multiple languages as well. You provide food assistance, rent assistance, or you connect people with it. You can get the vaccine. You're doing a lot of outreach to the very population this is gonna hit.
3: Yeah, definitely, right. definitely, definitely. And I think it's it's important to say that for those organizations that are trying to do the most that they can for the community a whole, not excluding people, because of their status i think a huge shout out to them but i think this is the time that we need our representatives if they care so much for the community that they need to stand up there's a lot
1: that is clawing for our attention these days exactly. so uh you've got the petition mm-hmm. you got any or rallies you want to talk about
4: you're working on something we so we're doing the power of uh the power of escalation here we're going to give <laughs> romney the benefit of a doubt with these meetings and we're going to see how those go and We'll just take it from there. Yeah. We just want to see, you know, like give him the benefit of the doubt. Give OK. Them, you know, a little slack, you know, <laughs> come on, Romney. Help us out here, but we're gonna do these meetings first. I we're want gonna, you to go to Facebook Live with Senator Romney. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see you, <laughs> Brianna and Fanny. We're gonna talk s- to this editor. We're gonna see the response. You know, knock on wood for us. <laughs> we we'll see the response, and we're we're gonna go from there. So, <laughs> all right. What's
1: the website one more time where people can find the petition? But all the great resources and services
3: that you provide. Uh, so, just come to dot Com.
4: Or we're very active on our Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Do, okay. do not look too much into Twitter, but highly <laughs> recommend Instagram.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> at Twitter. Comunidades Unidas. And then the Facebook is the same, Comunidades Unidas. And I think... Um, you, no, I know that's see where you, you
1: find. CUUtah.org. I think it's that's the dot .org one. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Great. No worries. No worries. Please come back after your meetings and uh, let us totally know how, went how on went. the went. I totally <laughs> want the tea. I want to know how to help... Move the needle, and I know our listeners do as well. And we'll put that link to your op-ed in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank and you. And like I said, anytime you reach out. Thank got, you, thank you. Appreciate for you. it. Appreciate it. All right, stick around, folks. We've got the water checkers coming up next, but in honor of uh, Fanny and Brianna, we got a little family affair going on with Sly and the Family Stone on CARE CL 90.9. Rock Camp SLC's last summer showcase is just around the corner Saturday, July 16th, 1 p.m. at the Union Event Center. 12 new bands perform original songs created in just five days. Tickets available at the door. More details at rockcampslc.org. Support for
3: KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. The KRCL Quails are back and better than ever. For a limited time only, you can get one of KRCL's most beloved bumper stickers on a t-shirt. Donate today at krcl.org and get yours before they
5: fly off the shelves.
1: Yes, our summer drive starts tomorrow, folks. You can learn all about it online at krcl.org. And, in fact, take care of it right then and there. Go check it out. You can see the new summer quail T-shirt design. If you remember our bumper sticker designed by award-winning graphic artist Leo Espinoza. Well, he's got the T-shirt on. You can see him in it online at krcl.org. It's a really nice blue T-shirt and the quails and the KRCL. You're going to love it. But... What you're gonna love is doing your bit for Listeners Community Radio of Utah. That's KRCL. You turn those letters around, you get LCR, Listeners Community Radio of Utah. I'm Laura Jones, and at seven o'clock, it's Democracy Now, followed by Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 8. Super Sounds with Chovy comes your way at 1030, and John Florence starting your brand new day and our summer drive at 6 AM tomorrow. Check out the entire lineup and listen on demand to the last two weeks of any show. Right there on our website, krcl.org, click the Programs tab to listen on demand. All right, we're going to close out the hour with a story that's part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, which is almost two dozen news outlets, TV, radio, even some print. We've also got folks like the Utah Film Center and other partners shining a light on what's going on with the Great Salt Lake to highlight the dire situation, but also hopefully provide you some solutions. And that's what we're doing tonight. Nadia Flam is with us, a freelance writer who filed a story for the collaborative, Are You Watering Your Yard Wrong? A visit from the water checkers can help. Hi, Nadia, how are you?
6: Hi, I'm great, thanks.
1: Thanks for coming on down to the studios tonight. And to kind of extend the conversation, we're getting some pro tips from another guest in the studio with us. We have Stephanie Dewar, Salt Lake City's Conservation Program Manager. It's been a while. How
5: are you? Hey, Laura. It's great being here. I'm wonderful. It's great to be here with you guys, you and And Nadia.
1: We were just thinking how long we've done these conversations, you and I, across different radio stations and different eras.
4: And And it's it's the
1: same. We need to be smart about our water use. Absolutely. And to be smart about it, we got to know what the situation is. Wouldn't you agree?
5: I think, you know, I I know some people say, oh, you have to dumb these messages down for people, but I firmly believe that the more information we give people, the more really good data we can provide, Mm -hmm. the more likely we can make long term lasting behavioral change, which is what we have to do. So the story like Nadia did was wonderful, which, by the way, has also increased water use or water check requests.
1: Water check requests have gone up. We understand Nadia. So what was it that you
6: were asked to go check out? Um, I was uh, allowed to go um, follow two water checkers uh, to do d- two different households in the Salt Lake Valley. Okay,
1: water checkers. These are folks from Utah mm-hmm. State University. The mm-hmm. extension, as some may know it, right?
6: Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, and what did they do? They take. I envision them taking out lots of tuna cans because that's how I used to check the <laughs> water, you know, put a couple tuna cans out <laughs> under your sprinklers. They got a little more tools these days.
6: Yeah, they're Um, it's it's still kind of rudimentary. Um, it's not that technically complex. So it's still tuna cans. <laughs> <laughs>
5: kind of. Well, you want to use soup cans though. Soup taller. cans, taller yeah, cans. Tuna, tuna cans. Water splashes out.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see. So you need a higher a higher yep. rim there. All mm-hmm. right. So it's where insane. did you go? Whose houses did you go to?
5: Um, well, we went to. Um,
6: a, A woman's house and a man's house. (laughs) (laughs) Both of their lawns were lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, And they both had sprinkler systems. And so what these water checkers are trying to do is help them optimize their sprinkling. um, Both by finding out from them like when they tend to turn their systems on um, and how long they let them go. And then they have them kind of um, turn on each zone for them. And they put out these little uh, blue cups. They kind of look like, I said in my article, they look like little spaceships that landed. Uh. Um, they're these little tripods with a kind of a test tube thing in the middle. And they spread those out on the lawn. And then the um, homeowner will sort of, you know, one by one turn their zones, the zones on. Zones on if they're automated. or Yeah. Go out there with their little key and turn them on if not. And right. Figure
1: out. With overhead spray, basically we're talking, mm-hmm. right?
6: Yeah. So, and and some people have a mixture of two kinds, like the stationary sprinklers or like the kinds <laughs> that. Go, <laughs> I was about to make that noise. If you hadn't,
5: I was. <laughs> can, oh, can we do it like
1: together? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like in some neighborhoods when you're driving yeah. down and. And it matters what time of day you turn it on as well. So with the folks who you shadowed and the the clients, they were um, providing the service at
6: no charge as well, Mm -hmm. folks, were they surprised by what they found? I think um, the surprise kind of comes in when people are watering at night, sometimes after they're asleep, which is a good time to water. um, But... You may not notice like that you have a broken sprinkler head. Mm-hmm. I used to have a guy who mowed my lawn for me,
1: and I never knew yeah. <laughs> until one morning I was I couldn't sleep and I was up like at five. I'm like, oh, that's a problem. There's like three broken heads shooting off. That's a lot of what people don't know. I'm guessing.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, uh, they recommend that you kind of like observe what your sprinklers are doing. Yeah. Once a year, at least. But, um, but they kind of point out, like, hey, that, you know, that guy there could use some attention. Like, yeah, fix that. Fix that. Fix that dude.
1: Well, in your article, you wrote that uh, Utah State Extension estimates that about two-thirds of Utah's drinking water is used just to water lawns and that the typical homeowner uses twice as much as they really need. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure these were facts called out by John Oliver recently in one of his programs oh, <laughs> making fun of us. Is, uh, I believe, Stephanie, we use more water than any western state. Any state
4: uh
5: i think we're still second so john oliver yeah. needs to be fact I checked just, i just want to throw that out there and and i would also like to give a shout out to our service area and along here because people mm-hmm. are doing a really good job and have actually reduced a lot so you're talking salt lake city proper so, well salt lake city department of public utility service area so that would include Aha. salt lake city holiday mill creek and cottonwood heights there we go and we've actually reduced our water use um Significantly. Now we have more to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people, we got to get our heads around this. That we've done a good job, but we have more. So this is we're at the beginning of the journey, not the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we use too much.
1: Well, and to connect this, and it's to not the, the
5: landscapes. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 what our relationship is to the landscape and our irrigation system. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily not always the plants we choose.
1: Right. So we could be. Smarter by the plants we choose, but to connect your water use, not just to drought, but to the fate of the Great Salt Lake was another mm-hmm. one of the things that yeah. you did in this article. And you spoke to Kelly Kopp, professor and extension specialist for the Department of Plants, Soil, and Climate, and director of the Water Checker Program. She couldn't be with us tonight, but what did what did Kelly Kopp, what did Professor Kopp have to say about all of this?
6: She um, Kelly said that basically every effort that manages to keep water... In the irrigation, like in the tributaries that feed the Salt Lake, um, that, you know, just the smallest drop matters. Every drop matters Mm -hmm. to get to
1: the Great Salt Lake. And what did the homeowners say uh, in your article about the experience of having this water check? Again, service doesn't cost you anything, but then you have knowledge you need to act on.
6: Yeah, so, I mean, they learned about, um, they they do like kind of a cursory uh, soil check to find out whether your soil is like more sandy or more clay-based. And mm-hmm. it kind of, that has to do with how the water's absorbed and tells you, again, is an indicator of how much to use. Um, mm-hmm. You you know, you might need more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get, uh, with a water check, they get an entire um, like customized report mm-hmm. that shows like how their water is, dis- is distributed from their sprinkler system. And kind of recommends um, a schedule, like an irrigation schedule for them. And so it's like, it's probably too much information, honestly, but it's, you gotta it's absorb a little bit, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. and your
1: article also pointed out that pretty typical for folks who go through this program, find out they're probably like 50%, losing 50% of their water due to. They've got some heads they need to fix yeah. and the type of soil, et cetera. That's pretty it's, common, Stephanie.
5: It is. It's That's what we refer to as distribution uniformity, which is what those catch-cups tests do. And what that really just basically measures, if, let's say, for every 100 gallons you put out where you're intending it to get into your landscape in a specific place, 50% of it is going where you want it to go, but 50% is not. Ah so it's not dispersing how you would like right and maybe it's because the heads and this is why that visual observation is so important if a head is crooked then the water arc is not going right so it's not going to go to all your it's not going to cover all your lawn if the heads are sunken it's not going to cover well if the heads are mit- mismatched so another thing they look at besides whether the heads are broken is whether you you know we talked about you have the pop-up sprays and those rotors when you put those two together their run times are really different mm-hmm. so either you're going to underwater or overwater Yeah. And then you get those brown spots and that's when people start watering more. So besides getting this great information, they also get a list of things to do to make it better, not just the scheduling, but, hey, change these heads. You've got a zone that's watering lawn and shrub. You could save water if you didn't do that. So they give you a list of action items so that you could make it all better.
1: We're talking about the Water Checkers program, which is available to you folks from Utah State University through the Extension Service. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. It is only on through August, I believe.
6: Right, Nadia? I think that's right. And it's um, the, the website is slowtheflow.org.
5: Although I'd recommend folks use the CWELL website, which is the Center for Water Efficient Landscaping, which is sort of the umbrella agency at Utah State University that helps distribute all the research. Utah State University does a lot of landscape research, Mm -hmm. and they get that information out to people to use it through their CWELL website, which is CWELL.USU. Edu. We'll put both of those in um, the show notes.
1: You were sitting in for Kelly to a certain extent. And you said I, I, I brought am. data. I got numbers. What I do you got? I got, got
5: numbers. I'm so excited. So, um, <laughs> my glasses on. Um, <laughs> I didn't have to do that the first time we met. So one is, I, I, the water check program is a really great benefit and it's free. And I do want to give a shout out to the Metropolitan Water District of Salt Lake and Sandy, which is actually the one that funds the program for us. So um, USU offers the program, but it's funded through the, the Metropolitan Water District. So yay, folks at Metro. Um, so one of the things we learn is, We know characteristics now about households in terms of how they water and their system efficiencies for their irrigations, even the kinds of spray heads they have. Like We know the percentage of rotor heads or pop-up heads. There's also a new kind of technology in spray heads that are called multi-spray, multi-trajectory spray spray heads, which are actually really more efficient by as much as 30%. What do they do? Well, what it is is this is fun, so we can make that noise again. So a pop-up... Yes! So when you do a rotor head, it puts out water in that sort of uh-huh. placed stream that kind of moves across the landscape, so it puts out water really slow. So they tend to be super efficient, but because they're moving so slow and the way they're designed, their arc is really far, mm. so they don't water small spaces well. Yeah. So those little pop-up spray heads can water small spaces, but they put out water in that pattern all at one time. So it's a lot of water really fast, so you might run a a pop-up spray head for, say, 12 minutes, but you might need to run your rotor heads for 40. Wow! So if you have them together, there's going to be wrong. Well, what happens with the multi-spray, multi-trajectory spray head is visualize a little teeny tiny rotor head inside the pop-up head. Okay. So you have a little tiny gear that moves around the spray head nozzle. So what you get are little tiny streams of water going back and forth, so water is put out much more slowly The droplets are bigger. This is important in terms of reducing evaporation loss. And it puts it out slower so water has time to break that surface tension on the soil and then move and break the surface tension and then put water down. So unlike the spray head, which puts out a ton of water way too fast, these multi-stream, multi-trajectory spray heads, somebody needs to come up with a better name. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I'm wow. totally geeking and out so, though on this. I know, but so one of the reasons it's helpful for us to know about these is then we can help develop programming. So, wow, we know people have mostly this kind of spray head. We want them to change to this. So we know we can develop videos to show them how to how easy the change is. Maybe we can encourage manufacturers to give discounts. Maybe one day we can do rebates, any number of things. So by knowing the kinds of spray head Um, people have in their yard, we can develop a program that will help us then address that water waste by changing that kind of spray head. Some of the other things we know about is like simply we know through all of Kelly's um, uh, water check data is that by simply fixing broken heads, crooked heads, mismatched heads, we could potentially save, if I recall the number, between 10 and 12 percent improve water efficiency on a site. So even without changing any blade of grass, you can improve your efficiency by just maintaining an irrigation system. We know that because of water check data. Some other interesting things we know is that um, we know why people get a water check, and this is important because it helps us know how to market it. People think People want to save water because of money. That's usually the last thing people mention, actually. Most people want to save water because they know it's the right thing to do. Um and because they want to learn more. So that's the other reason they get a check.
1: Wow. You know, I mean I grew up uh, came of age probably in the 80s, and I remember put a brick in your toilet. Uh, well, don't do that, that anymore. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We've talked We've about changed that. You our don't toilets. Do... Wait, yes. Yes. Uh, wait, you, don't, you no. don't put a brick in your toilet <laughs> no, anymore? Because
5: <laughs> back in the you do don't pull that yeah. brick out your <laughs> no. toilet. Not yet. Or that they, they did water bottles, plastic yeah. water bottles. And uh-huh. the reason is is because back in the 80s your toilet flushed it took like six gallons to flush and now it takes 0.8 gallons or 1.2 and there's actually a study going on right now that's a a regional study to look at the impact of low flow toilets on sewer flow Mm. so when people um, interrupt or decrease the the flow of water in those toilets there can be a, a potential for sewer backups. So toilets are designed to be low flow. You can't buy a high flow toilet anymore. Yeah. They're all most of them are under 1.8. There's a good black market in high flow <laughs> toilets, right? <laughs> Is there oh my god. No, That's a story for you, Nadia. <laughs> oh my god. Black to, black market toilets. <laughs> That's scary.
6: I well, think my yeah. toilet might be a dinosaur. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, an and,
1: and I'm just thinking about this conversation about, you know, having this as a challenge. If you're a homeowner mm-hmm. or a renter of a home that has a landscape you, you're responsible for, it is it is a luxury. It is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of things that we can do as members Simple. of our community. Simple things. Right?
5: Yeah. Um, and this is how also the water check help helps us because then we learn things about our customers so we know how to help them better but a really simple thing that people can do one of the simplest things is it's just the simple phrase Wait a day to data water whatever your watering schedule is if you don't know it's like oh my god i don't know how often to water well then just wait one day well it's so hot i struggle with this because just add a day nothing's gonna die in a day
1: do you need to water every day oh gosh even when it's this hot
5: no 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 um and the reason is is because you want to give soil or water the way it moves through soil it needs time to move through that soil profile and if you're watering every day the soil surface stays really wet um, which then makes the roots shallow. And the reason it makes the roots shallow is because roots need oxygen as much as they need water. And so they're going to the top because they want oxygen. So Path if, of
1: least resistance for the
5: roots. Absolutely, as with all of us. So by watering, um, like right now, even if you only watered once a week, your lawn won't die. And, you know, I know bluegrass takes a lot of heat, and I'm probably going to get a little hate mail on this, and that's okay. Because you it's like, don't hate the science, babies. Um, <laughs> bluegrass is astonishingly resilient. It's our relationship to bluegrass that's the problem. Yeah. We need to go into therapy about our bluegrass issues. Because the truth <laughs> is, is if we didn't water our bluegrass, it would go dormant. It wouldn't die. Yeah. And when it gets cool again, or we get rain again in the fall, or if we get one of those midsummer... Rain showers, please. Like, did you catch? Like, I counted literally like 12 sprinkler, a sprinkle Like, I got a little bit of rain. So, there were some today.
1: rain clouds today, right? I had like 12
5: sprinkles. It was cool. <laughs> You're like, okay, don't water. But nothing's going to die in a day. Okay. So, right now, actually, as a maximum, we're asking people to water no more than twice a week. Right. Um, even my tomatoes right now and stuff, I'm only watering once a week, but really? I water them deep. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a soaker hose. So, I've got mulch on my soaker hose. Okay. Um, deep. When you say
1: water deep, how much time does that take?
5: Well, it depends, you know, and this is and where, do you cycle it. Well, okay, this is where things get complex. If you're doing an ear ir- a pop up like a pressurized irrigation system that's in the in ground, then you should do what's called cycle soak. And this is something the water checkers teach people. So let's say you have when they do a catch cup test, what they're trying to figure out is really what they're trying to get to is how long does it take to get a half an inch of water on your lawn? Because that's the optimal volume of water delivery to get water to move through the profile, the soil profile deep enough. So how long does that take? Then what you do with cycle soak is you take that whatever that time is, whether it's 12 minutes or 18 minutes, and you divide it by three. And so your cycle soak is like you're on for seven minutes and you're off for an hour and you're on for seven minutes and off for an hour. And that gives water time to move through that soil profile, move off that soil surface so you don't have saturation and runoff. And you just do that two times a week. Just two times a week. You could even do it just once a week. Now, if you're doing, now there are other things in your landscape besides lawn. And if you're really hyper concerned then your lawn is gonna recover and it's relatively simple to replace. But but your trees, your shrubs, maybe your veggie garden are more important. Yeah. So your trees though, you might wanna water twice a week or not twice a week, excuse me, every two weeks, 10 days to two weeks, depending on the kind of trees. Um, shrubs and stuff the same thing they actually are deeper rooted than you realize and if you mulch those gardens um, and water them efficiently you can water less frequently but the, the the exact when you start getting into say like drip and stuff it's hard to say exactly how long because yeah. it depends on drip you know anything from a quarter a quarter gallon an hour to a gallon an hour output so a little bit of math is involved how do you figure
1: that out with the drip system
5: well, what you need to do is know what your output is on your mm-hmm. your your drip orifices, and then let's say you want to deliver a gallon of water to your tomato plants. And if you have a half a put, if your drip system is a half a gallon output, then you need to run it for two hours. But you don't want to necessarily run out at one time. You might run it, say you might want to cycle soak then because that's a long run time. But remember, you're not putting out that much water, mm-hmm. and presumably drip, you don't have runoff, you don't have evaporation you don't, and if it's under mulch, you might be able to water less. Yeah, yeah I'm calling the water checkers because that's a lot of math. It but is a lot of math. That's why we have the water checkers. That's why they're yep. so great.
1: And that's what we're talking about, water checkers. It's a service available to you through Utah State University Extension System. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. I wanted to go back to what you said about trees because a lot of trees are in the parkway, which mm-hmm. the city is, uh, you know, plants there, but as the homeowner or the resident, you are responsible for. Where do you, where do you water the tree? at the base of the tree or at the drip line or both
5: um ideally towards the drip line so there's not there are roots the drip line meaning where where the the branches branches
1: end end and they drip off that's the drip line folks
5: and i usually think about it as i divide that canopy in half Mm -hmm. or in thirds and i start watering about halfway out and then halfway past that canopy if i can because the roots extend beyond the drip line because they're looking for water too so if you think of that tree canopy as an umbrella there's more water falling outside of the umbrella than inside the umbrella so those roots are venturing outside of that canopy so typically on trees roots extend beyond that drip line or Mm -hmm. the tree canopy i know in a park strip or even in your yard it can be hard if it's small well get as close to that as you can you know it's not ideal but and it's really important And i know people are really interested in in ripping out their lawns and and all that but be mindful one is We know from data, from the WaterCheck program and this really cool program called WaterMaps, that the amount of water people could save in their landscape is actually based on their existing landscape. So even without changing a blade of grass, we know people can save water.
1: What about turf i've been hearing a lot out of salt lake county and all i can think is we're replacing an organic product
5: with a fossil fuel product right oh you mean artificial yeah oh god i'm gonna get in so much trouble No. (laughs) yeah it is i think you know grass
1: cools i don't know that artificial turf does i don't know though
5: no it doesn't and and turf there's a lot of benefit to turf it's it supports the soil health and you guys talk a lot Mm -hmm. and you by turf
1: you mean sod right
5: yeah okay like grass lawn yeah so lawn supports soil health. It keeps all that microbial activity and stuff active. It provides a biome for earthworms and other things that are crawling in the soil and making the soil alive. Mm-hmm. The other thing that lawn does is it sequesters carbon. It helps us improve stormwater storm water quality by filtering out pollutants. Um, it does cool. Um, the thing is is that we can just choose smarter grasses or just choose not to water them as often. It's not that we have lawn; it's just how we water the lawn that's the problem. Well, and speaking we're gonna of be selling grass seed,
1: you're going to sell, sell grass seed. Yes.
5: All right. Low water grass seed. When's Woo-hoo. that available? As soon as the contract finishes routing and signature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, be sure to come back and days. tell us. One other thing I wanted I'm to ask we're you: days away.
1: What is the best height to set your mower blade, and what is the best time to water?
5: Okay. Mow high, babies. Seriously. Mow as high as you can with your deck. So on some lawnmowers, it can be as high as three or four inches. That's great. Um, I, when you, there is a direct relationship. And again, this is science. When you mow low, you actually kill roots. So they literally die back. So, and we all know we we know intuitively if we don't know by if you don't believe the science, when you have deep roots, things don't they don't get as stressed. They don't need as much water. They don't need as much fertilizer. A lot of good things happen. So you want to mow your 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 blades as high as you can. So three to four inches. Um, and then the second question was time. Time. Well, this is, this is complex because generally speaking, we want to avoid high temperatures because of evaporation issues. But that's really if you have a pressurized in-ground system because it's you get all those little, that mistiness. Yeah. So there's a couple things you can do. One is you can put pressure regulation on your irrigation system. In fact, most multi-stream, multi-trajectory spray heads have built-in pressure regulators. Problem solved. But the other issue is that if you live near one of the canyon mouths, then you're also gonna get night winds, which also doesn't help your efficiency. So you need to be, you need to make some decisions here. Like, is it better for me to water at night or maybe early in the morning? When winds die down. When winds die down. So maybe for you, like if you're you're not in a windy area, sometime after 2 a.m., but maybe if you're in a really high wind area, maybe it's at between five and seven or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and so this is where people need to start knowing their site and, and kind of getting engaged.
1: Now, we've mentioned a lot about getting these smart controllers, and there are rebates available, right? I there's rebates so. for a bunch of things. for are. Flipping your strip. What, what is available to us, Stephanie? So
5: through the Central Utah Water Conservancy District, they are offering rebates to um, customers throughout their service area, which is large. And Salt Lake City Department of Public Utilities is a member city through Metropolitan Water District. So our customers can get um, rebates for controllers. There's the Flip Your Strip program, and there's LocalScapes, which is Front Yard. Be mindful that there is a process, so you need to go online, you need to apply, you need to have the your lawn area verified, you need to submit a plan, take classes. They want to make sure you're doing it right. So don't just go rip out your lawn and expect someone to give you some cash.
1: What's the websites you want folks to know about?
5: I want people to know about two websites, slc.gov forward slash utilities forward slash conservation and C-W-E-L dot U-S-U dot E-D-U
1: It all starts, though, where we began with you, Nadia, and that is getting the water checkers
6: out to uh, your place, right? That's... I have a question. Um... (laughs) (laughs) you got you know, 60 the, seconds. The people who uh, tend to request water checkers, it's they're doing it because they care, because they mm, want to make yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. Can you order water checkers to your neighbor's house?
5: Oh, God, <laughs> I wish you could. No, but what you can do is you can call me or your water conservation person, and we'll call people. Like, when I get a complaint, I'll call them and say, hey, do you know about water checks? And by the way, we have saved... 74 million gallons of water through the water check program wow over how many years um since 2005. since 2005. 74 million gallons
1: and look this is a small thing you can do to help the great salt lake if you're in a position to do it if you have control of your landscape consider getting this water checker and we'll connect you in the show notes to nadia's story as well as all the websites stephanie mentioned
5: commercial um sites can also get water checks wow
1: There you go. You work for a company with a lot of landscape. Sign them up. That way you can call them over, right, Nadia? (laughs) Well, everyone, thank you so much for being a part of Radioactive tonight, helping us plug into our community. My thanks to Diego Bradley, our intern. Thanks for being here. Rashawn Leak, who was on Zoom earlier. All of our guests. And you for listening. Thank you so much. I'm Laura Jones. Democracy Now! is next. Have a great night. KRCL 90.9 FM HD1 Salt Lake City Ogden Provo 96.7 FM in Park City and on the web at krcl.org
2: get out your calendars
0: we've got a date you've been waiting for KRCL's annual record in CD sale will be kicking off Friday September 9th as part of the KRCL block party it's on 909 get it We've been collecting your donated vinyl over the past two years, and we have to say, it might be the best we've ever had. So mark your calendars, September 9th, for the KRCL record and CD sale and block party. If you're looking to get rid of your vinyl, we're still taking those tax-deductible donations of your gently used records. Email me, Eric, at recordsale at krcl.org for more information.